I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance, taking the club back way inside, releasing the club. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast, uh, weekly edition. Uh, my name is Lawrence Donigan, and I'm going to introduce you to my co-host in a minute. His name is Top Secret. But before I do that, I just want to implore you to go to uh, mckellarmagazine.com and get your copy of the latest issue of McKellar Magazine if you haven't done so already. And if you haven't done so, then there's also issues 3, 4 and 5, as well as a wide selection of t-shirts and hats and various bits and pieces. mckellarmagazine.com slash shop. Anyway, on to my co-host. Uh, I'll give you a clue. He is the uh, author of the uh, Substack newsletter, The Quadrilateral. Uh, which keeps up to date and track with the the majors, Mr. Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, how are you doing? I am doing peachy, Lawrence. How are you? Uh, uh, yeah, very good. Uh, we are sitting here on a Tuesday morning and at the cusp of uh, the 18T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. Uh, but we want to talk about that. But before we do that, I guess we should quick look back at the weekend. Uh, pretty uh, uh, pretty eventful weekend all season. Yeah, fun. I'll uh, say. Yeah. Maybe we should have Saturday and Monday finishes more often. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, well, yeah, we got football out of the way, or we worked around it. Not in not in not in Europe uh, intentionally. Uh, excuse me, on the DP World Tour. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, it. Was nice. The golf uh, events finished kind of separate of of that uh, obsession of our uh, country, and uh, they were fantastic finishes. Oh, I see. Points on Sunday watching the NFL. I was sort of dreaming of a, a Friday coverage of. A, of a European tour from Spain or something like that. Oh, well, the first game was horrible. Just so, yeah, I mean, it was dreary. But um, but the, the latter game delivered, as it, as you'd hope. Uh, we have a friend of the pod, Brian Q, on later on. We chat about uh, the events in uh, Dubai. But I guess we, we should really touch on them here. It was uh, Rory, won by Rory McIlroy. Uh, I think that's the first time he started the season with a win. First time ever. Yeah. He started the year with a win. Uh, he usually starts the year with three great rounds and a blow up on a Sunday, but uh, that's really bad. I shouldn't say that. Uh, we no, can't, can't take the Lord's name. We just lost him as a guest. Yeah, but. we uh, yeah we can't take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, anyway, uh, good stuff. It was really good stuff. Uh, the golf itself, I guess. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal! And he—I don't think he had it like Rom. Um, his well, I would hope he wouldn't have his A game. I mean, he hasn't been playing, and he had to come right out like that, play beautifully. And uh, I think he was definitely—if you, you look at the, uh, the body language—and we'll talk about this with Brian later. As he's watched a lot more uh, Rory than than uh, we have, but but the body language uh, was that of somebody who absolutely was doing everything in his power not to lose to Patrick Reed, which was uh, great. I mean, it's just fantastic to have that kind of a an edge to the proceedings that early on, and and clearly Reed was thriving off of his latest controversy. I'm convinced Lawrence he plays better. When he's when he's got some sort of thing like that going on, when it's just a boring all week, he's he's nothing. But you you, you call him some sort of a well. well <laughs> I'm not going to use the, the C word, but <laughs> yeah. you uh, accuse him of throwing a tee, and then you uh, accuse him of a questionable drop, and he just he he feeds off that stuff. 
Uh, yeah, it's been that way since he was a. He was, that's why he's got such a, a good college record. He had such a great record in college. I believe that. It was uh, no, it was fantastic for the European Tour to have. Excuse me, the DP World Tour to have that uh, that kind of a finish when you have to go into Monday, which is always so dreadful. And uh, they still had good energy and all that good stuff. And uh, but I I thought the the Tory Pines event was fantastic. And you know how I just dread the high rough narrow fairways. Uh, green's pretty much holding kind of thing at Torrey. It's kind of can get it to be a slog. And, but you knew with that kind of setup too, that, that Sam Ryder was running away with it, but that didn't mean anything when you, when you get that, anything can happen on Sunday. And what, what lo and behold, John Rom blows up and Max Holman just plays beautifully and sneaks right in there. And it was a, it was a compelling finish. The energy, the fans was great, which is yeah. a real shout out to them because they totally screw the spectator at that event. You know, the last five holes, and I've written about it, and clearly you can see my influence on the game. They haven't fucked <laughs> one bit. They have, they have no grandstands around the last five greens. It's all corporate tents, and San Diego sports fans are great, and they they tolerate it, but uh, they shouldn't. It's terrible. They uh, they should have them right on top of the action. 18, you know, like I think finally CBS said, oh, what great fan energy, and they had a shot of the people, and he's it like, was. yeah, it's standing area only. To the right 18 but the sound the, the people were were really into it and the coverage was fantastic cbs i mean first event of the year used to be such a so painful you know there's the dreary yanni music and and plugs galore and commercials galore and man they really up their game i mean they have been but you feel like wow first event although they had more of the depth of field cameras and and by the way, this was not a designated event, Lawrence. They're yeah. supposed to even up it a little bit more, like at a Riviera or uh, Phoenix, uh, with a few more production elements. So I just thought Sellers shy. I mean, he was just cutting between stuff, back and forth, and boom, and close-ups, and cameramen were getting right in guys' faces. And then and then that sequence with Max home on Saturday. Did you get to see that? Yeah, I did, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, Phenomenal. Well, uh, yeah. Are we talking about the what he's describing as playing? It was it was the thirteenth, wasn't it? Yeah, and he's you know, I mean, it was great up to a point where he was waiting, and then you know, we got him. He can't find his ball, and and it's been bedded. And he's I'm not touching it. I mean, he's wearing the AirPod the whole time. It was just it was brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, it's just don't get used to it. There's there aren't too many Max Helmers out there. I wonder how much influence the live coverage had on it. You're talking about fast cuts and you know, really a real sense of movement and, and action. Uh, that that's I mean live that I mean, the one thing you can see about the live coverage is it's pretty snappy. It, it is. I think that uh, it was a couple of things that that might be part of it. But I I think that Seller Shy has been wanting to get to that with mm-hmm. CBS's production. He's heard the criticism. Um, and that said, by the way, they also slowed down things and did some stuff that I've been wanting to to push for. More a little more storytelling, getting to know Sam Riley's mom and walking and talking with her, which was, was totally bizarre for the a tour event and fantastic, right? It was well, uh, you felt kind of sorry for it, but you just knew. Even we were as we were sitting watching it as a family, and, and my wife, who's not a huge golf fan, she she said as soon as the mom said oh, he's going to win, yeah. and she was like, "No, <laughs> you never know, the say jinx. that." The jinx. That was that, but she was great because sure. it's not easy to do and to walk and talk and nervous. And she's telling the stories about how she had to pull the mom card a few times. It was great, but the, so yeah, they they. But I would say more than anything, they've just heard some of the criticism. And CBS, 
they're they've been investing the last couple of years uh, in new stuff, and um, these new cameras are. I mean, they went last year. Well, let's see. The last two years, they used one of those cameras in select events and the majors. Well, they had multiple of this depth of field camera, and they weren't afraid to use it when a guy was hitting a shot for the first time. I hadn't seen that, and it just looks so beautiful. I don't care if there's no tracer. Um, it just looks great. They get up in their face. You just feel like you're there. Um, so credit, yeah, they have a veteran crew, and they haven't been cutting like NBC. So they, and then just even the graphics, there's just information in the graphics you need. Um, they're trying stuff, and even if stuff doesn't work, who cares? They're trying. They're trying to tell the story more. And so I thought it just added to the fun of of the finish. Um, you just felt energy. You felt like you were there. Um, just to, and and it's all with Jim Nance not even present. He's in Kansas City and. Trevor and he, you know, it's hard to, yeah. you know, Jim really works with the analysts. People don't realize it. I've never sat in the booth, but he really, he works to get stuff out of guys and he's not afraid to make them, you know, push them a little to get a point. And I think that's where Trevor will be better when he's together with him in person. Everyone is, it would be hard to be better than Fowler, but straight away, he's sparser. It's less about him. Uh, so I, th that impressed yeah. me. The other thing about, yeah, you're you're right. When they're in the same booth together, Nance is one of the. I mean, obviously he's very highly paid. He's very highly rated, but I still think he's kind of underrated. So, you know, it occurred to me he showed up on the BBC years ago uh, doing uh, a couple of hours of open coverage. Yeah. In that context, and he was unbelievable how good he was and how knowledgeable he was, and he just absolutely loves it. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're I think he's better solo if he ever it's never going to happen. But to your point, you're right. He could do a, a show brilliant solo and be um, maybe even better in some ways um, because but he he is so deferential to the players, the analysts, the guys who played and he wants them to be sharing stuff. And so that that's his style. And it's uh, it's why he's good. You raise a point about Homer. There aren't many Max Homers around. I wonder if his performance, I don't want to say performance, but his contribution to the broadcast might encourage others. Yes. And I wonder if, you know, if it will and, and who might jump. Or who, who would we like, you know, of that kind of ilk, that level of player, who, who who's your money on? Well, there'll be some guys who think they're, they have a personality they want to show off um, and who will do it. And there are, there are also guys who... Uh, We'll look at this uh, West Coast and threesomes where you stand around and you're bored. I mean, they, the pace <laughs> of play is so slow. Uh, where you would hope that it'll play a little of their ego, and they're like, "Of course I can do that." Um, I mean, I would love Victor Hovland's kind of turned very intense um, in a way that I don't think is a, is yeah. as attractive um, as he, as it was when he was a little young. I mean, I say a little younger. I'm talking three, four years ago. Um, he would have been somebody I would have pegged, but now he's he's gotten, I don't know, he's just gotten very, I, I don't know if intense is, he's always been intense, but there is some, maybe he's taking himself a little more seriously, I guess is what I'm getting at. So I don't know if he could do it. Um, you know, this week, just looking at this week, you know, Maverick McNeely would be interesting. Yeah. I think Fitzpatrick he could go either way. He might embrace it or he might go F off. No, I'm not doing that crap. I don't know. Um, I, I, Spieth is the same. I could see him going, of course I can do that. Or, no, I'm playing. I don't want to do it. 
I think uh, McNeely would be a would be a brilliant suggestion for this week. I heard him on a pod, I don't know what the podcast was, but he was really quite interesting, you know, and a, a, clearly a very smart guy and a, a really good talker, actually. Yeah, there are candidates. I I don't mean to 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 knock all the guys, but they're they're not that not as many as you would hope. And um, and again, I mean, Max is wearing the thing while he's. <laughs> Hitting shots and some of these guys just wouldn't do that. Um, and and by the end, you know, and then the the back and forth, they they didn't ask stupid. Yeah, it wasn't like, uh, uh, oh Max, you must be excited to see your kid after the round. It was real golf stuff. And what we've been hoping for. Stop, stop trying to make people cry or do the family thing or the or the the branded millennial party guy athlete thing. Talk golf. Be embrace the damn sport. And the stuff they got out of him was, you know, I mean, like Trevor asked, when it's just slow, what do you do? You know, when you're standing there uh, waiting on a shot. And Max, yeah, it's great. All the things that go through his head. And he goes, it'll be a combination of the three and, you know, whatever. It was just great. It was just great. It's funny you say, I try and make him cry and this, that, and the next thing. Uh, that's that stuff is more for a, I guess for a more general audience. The, the problem is if you keep it really golf nerdy, and you're right, they did, and it was great. Because we're a couple of golf nerds, I, 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 well, can I ask you this? It's a kind of lead-in. How are the ratings? You, I know you're a big well, guy. They weren't good, and and but just my my point in that is that golf always comes off to me as as too desperate to try to make the audience bigger, and and I've I'm gonna just be a broken record. But the F1 stuff, yeah, they do some of that, but they also go really deep, wonky inside, and I just I just have a belief that people. Uh, are not turned off by that stuff, but in fact are intrigued by all of the depth and layers and things that are going on yeah. in in this thing they're watching. And that maybe this is really a cool sport I should take more seriously because there's so much science, there's so much art and and thought that goes into it. But no, the uh, so that's why I feel like no golf embrace embrace the wonk. And 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 live with it, and and I think people will respect the sport more. Because you know, think, just think about that person who's gone to Top Golf, who decides to tune in because they kind of got like, wow, that was wild, and wow, it's harder than I thought. And then they'll watch the broadcast, and it's not like they're going to go super deep in any of these things. But I just think that most sports fans will will respect the sport more when they realize those kinds of details are part of the thing. So, no, the ratings were all 20% across the board uh terrible. Uh so <laughs> but I'm not none of this had anything to do with that. I think that's cord cutting, that's oversaturation, that's a lack of star power uh in the game right now, that kind of thing. Here, I just I one other TV uh highlight from the weekend was uh I, I let us be the last people to, to discuss this, but I, I'm sure if, if you're listening to this, you've seen Brandel's uh, uh, tribute the to... The film breakdown? Yeah, well, the, the garrison breakdown, back and forth, back, whatever it is, <laughs> uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, no. A couple of things about that. Well, what did you think of the of Brandel's analysis in, in and of itself? And the other thing is, you know, actually going there. I mean, it was it was pretty bold in the circumstances. Shocking. I, I wrote that in the newsletter. I couldn't believe that um, they allowed him to do that. Now, the lawsuit, the $820 million lawsuit was thrown out 
the 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 lawyer I, I, from Patrick Reed's lawyer against Brando was tossed, but it's been he has issued a press release saying they're gonna that was just a procedural thing and we're gonna refile. He has not that was in mm. December. He has not refiled, but that doesn't matter. The idea that uh, they allowed Brandel to do that and possibly uh, say yeah, the slightest misstep just could be one more thing that guy would add to the suit. That shocked me. That said, Brandel handled it very well. It was clear he knew that was something <laughs> he, better, he better think about. Um, and they did a great job breaking it down. And he, the ball landed in one tree, and it was identified in another. And and um, there you go. He it, he look, look. He would have taken an unplayable. I, I well. No, he should have gone back to the tee because it's a lost ball, but he identified what he said was his ball with his marking, and the official on the site concurred. Um, the problem is, one, those binoculars, I have a hard time believing, um, could see the marking as described. And number two, Matt Wallace, who played with him, was asked about um, what he identified his ball as, and it was a different description than the one Patrick <laughs> gave. So it's... Um, it's a weird situation that um, it's uh, unfortunate, uh, but it's just kind of the, the 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 tale of his career. But like I said, I think he thrives in this. I think yeah. he thrived off of the thing that happened earlier in the week, and he's oblivious to what that all meant with Rory and being subpoenaed and his lawyer and bringing that guy into the thing. And it's amazing how many people couldn't understand that. Um, gee, I do you think Larry Klayman and Patrick Reed have ever discussed dynamics of this his his other uh, lawsuit i mean i, I got to think they did so um it's it's crazy that he was naive about that and uh but i think he i think he feeds off it i bet he's 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 nothing in saudi arabia this week where he's uh you know the favorite and uh, everybody's kumbaya isn't it great to be back at royal greens i see very quickly uh, did you see the stuff with uh, the photos of phil today i mean coming out yeah. of saudi he uh he's back to his college weight Apparently. Uh, back to his college weight. Yeah, that's what he told Bob Herrick, and uh, he gave him an uh, exclusive, and then he flew over there. He he. <clears throat> it was very clear in the story, in the interview with Bob, he really didn't want to be playing in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really wanted to start the season in Mexico, and he isn't required to play in this. He made clear, yes, right, Phil, sure you're not. And uh, so he had to make the beautiful flight to Royal Greens. Um, I'm sure he traveled very nicely, yeah. uh, and they paid for it, but... Yeah, he didn't want to be over there. And he, I think, you know, Lawrence, I don't mean to pick, but th there's a point where when you're older and you lose a lot of weight, uh, it goes from, you go from, wow, you look good. You look trim. You've really, sure. you've really dialed it in with the diet and the workout to, are you okay? Are, are you well? It just happens. It's not his fault. You yeah. just, I don't know what age it is, but, but he looks unwell. Um, to me color's good but yeah he looks very thin and um you know we also though this is the subcutaneous fat guy i mean he he's had some he's been all over and i don't doubt he's taking good care of himself but it does have a look of that that uh stress slimming more than it does uh gym work yeah uh, but that said also uh you know i think it'll be fun to watch this year not just i'm not saying just phil but we just saw Brooks Kepka back to the big kind of bloated, weird look again. But he's he's an outlier. Most of these guys have now gotten over this getting big, getting 
getting lifting. You just see more guys getting back to a little, you know, the strengthening work they're doing is more core and rotator cuff and all these different things that, that aren't bulking up. So thank God for that. That that's just been a stupid, stupid thing and a terrible example to set for kids. Um, it's just not smart for golf either. I think, uh, yeah, you think Phil would sit them all down and explain to them that the secret is just, he, I think he's done yoga since a very, very, well, early. he's, he's free. He's a freak. He's got that sinewy kind of body that uh, but he has, you know, he's done some more lifting and uh, now it just sounds like he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, maybe he's drinking a little less wine in the evening. He's eating a little bit differently. I don't, I don't know, but he did say he's, he looks slimmer than he did in college, but well, whatever. We'll see. We'll see how it affects the game. I, actually, I think that's a trend, certainly in elite amateur golf. I think the, uh, that whole chasing speed i think i think that's you uh, seen yeah, really i think that's gone i think that people are really yeah i think so i've, he- I've heard yeah. well, i've heard a couple of things certainly in my limited experience of elite amateur golf yeah they get, yeah people are going to the gym but they're not in that kind of stupid bulking up way well, that, that yeah. whole the whole right. um bryce and stuff was just silly well, apart from anything else it's yeah, just, you just get injured and i think the same, i think the the trend is the same in college golf as well i think guys are good away although well I, I do I did did notice last week that Gordon Sargent, the kid at Vanderbilt's got a, a 194 ball speed, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. And, I mean the speed's still gonna be there and the, and you should still you know, the, the, there's no question guys are gonna get stronger and but 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 there was definitely a, a vanity element to it. And, and we went through that phase with Tiger in 07, 08, where he, he got crazy big and some other guys tried to mimic that too. It's it's it goes in these little phases, but it seems like at the moment maybe the the physios and the uh, and the and the coaches who are who are on the side of the the um, strength and, and uh, conditioning side are are maybe trying to get the guys to focus on muscles that that matter and and uh, but yeah I don't think we're going to see any departure of <laughs> the crazy speed but we'll see what happens with the the distance uh, situation I feel like we're any day now here Lawrence we're close we're going to get something I I got to think. Here another couple of quick uh, live snippets before we move on. I saw uh, Jamie Corrigan broke this morning. Sebastian Munoz is moving to live. Uh, that's the uh, they've got the full set of uh, of great Latin American players. Uh, I, and uh, Mito did is Mito? I didn't see that. Yeah, he, he went a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know. If he's yeah, well, he week. reported it a few yeah. weeks ago, but has it been made official? Well, I anyway, he's going. Yeah, he's gone. So there the is. The demon will get his uh, finder's fee and uh, everybody. <laughs> The uh, the other uh, is uh, Baba signed revealed that he's signed because his son uh, I think after six rounds of live golf said uh, even my son had heard of the Aces or like you know whatever I mean just some gaslighting nonsense I don't know if you're right well you know my feeling the most powerful uh, people in the game are the children of uh, <laughs> of golf executives <laughs> and golfers you know I, yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to write that piece someday maybe for McKellar number seven I'll write that yeah. And you'll uh, think it's facetious, but it's true. Uh, I, I don't know. Where, where, where can you see the uh, Asian Tour event from Saudi this week? Is it? You know, uh, I have not looked at my Golf Channel listings, but I, uh, sure I'm guessing not. it will not be on there. Yeah, I'm guessing it won't be on there. Probably on there. It might be, though. They had an Asian Tour deal, so uh, I'll take a look. Yeah, we'll have um, to see. Yeah, that, speaking of uh, tangentially equipment and uh, the coming um, announcements on distance, uh this sounds really well you actually brought it up to me uh, I, and that was actually mentioned to me by a, a young man of my young golfer my acquaintance that uh, two guys from good good 
who left Good Good, uh, Michael Morris and Grant Horvath, have signed, announced last week that uh, they signed with TaylorMade equipment. Uh, meanwhile, Good Good itself, the whole that project, which is huge, by the way, Jeff, much bigger than yeah. we are. You will be surprised to know they uh, they've gone with Callaway, who are actually running a they're they're going to have a good good, uh, brand, good good branded clubs, which is yeah. astonishing to me. So there it seems to me, and you again, you follow this much closer than me. Uh, that uh, why are the equipment companies heading into the influencers in such a heavy way? Well, I've been watching this uh, with some curiosity uh, because. You know, when Liv came along, um, the money got to the point where the the equipment companies really can't keep up both with them and now some of these PGA Tour purses where uh, they can they can really have a life changing check for a player. So we started to see that, you know, a little bit with Brooks and some guys kind of realizing what I need to play what I need to play. Yeah. So it started with that, and then you just kind of feel like as we've seen these model local rules which are another way of saying bifurcation that there's there are more people learn since i've started writing about equipment who who see the sanity of bifurcation that that two sets of rules or some modified rules for the pros is not the end of the world it's ridiculous um and this addiction that the companies have had to selling people exactly what the pros play even though we know now with launch monitors and and the, the smart people in the instruction world that that a lot of that stuff that they're playing on the tours is not going to give people the same benefits who are a person who just went to top golf thought this is fun i want to pick up a few clubs and maybe think about getting in this game and buying pro v1s and you know the the 650 dollar driver and the custom fitting like it's just nonsense so i think that my hope and I'm, I've been wrong many times about mm. these companies. My hope is that they are starting to stake out uh, territory and realize that that the pros maybe don't sell equipment like they ever have. I think that's always been questionable. And um, maybe we need to start thinking about more traditional advertising, which is just, you know, uh, different people who are famous or have reach. Uh, endorsing what we do instead of this weird addiction they've had to making people buy what the pros play. And I feel like maybe, maybe, what do you think? This rules thing might be inching them in that direction. And also one other thing, Callaway obviously has diverse interests now with Top Golf, And so that's a natural thing where that's a, you know, younger crowd. And I, you know, the, the equipment at the Top Golf's is crap. I've not quite understood why, it couldn't be a little bit better. And so maybe that's kind of the vision now is we'll have better stuff at the top golf. And then that person will want to buy that anyway. The, so the point is the main, the key though, I think is we might be seeing a break from that addiction in anticipation of the rules changes and just common business sense. I, I feel, I think it could be. I mean, it'd be smart. I mean, it'd be what it's be. It'd be the right. If you're a CEO, you better. You should have been. You know, you, you've heard me gripe about this. You spent. They spent all their energy fighting the manuf uh, the governing bodies, and you're thinking. But are you thinking? Yeah. Four think, steps ahead. That's what you're supposed to do as a, a CEO. And it sounds like maybe they're actually I, I mean, I doing. Think, that. I think your your analysis is a 
certainly the Callaway seems to be very, very well positioned. The purchase of Top Golf was huge. I mean, oh, that's a, brilliant! I mean, brilliant. brilliant. Bought it, bought it for nothing, right? You know, and it was nine months earlier. It was going to go for this ridiculous IPO, and uh, not ridiculously stupid, ridiculously big money. Uh, it was going to be a big hit, and then the pandemic reduced it to a. To, to the to the value of the real estate and yeah it's a, a fire sale yeah it's been it's, they, they seem to be really well placed and i think you might be right uh you know good you know the kit i mean good good is phenomenal it's huge yeah they're bigger uh, than yeah. barstool now and and uh, but i mean taylor made's got it's got pop stroke uh they're investing in that mm. and they're investing in their influencers and so it's got to be a little embarrassing though for the for the pros that, <laughs> that they're not now it's going to go the other way like well, wait you're you're going to give them a deal but not me and oh and by the way you know it's taylor made too that we've talked about it a couple of weeks ago the women that they're signing yeah. you know gosh what what a no what a concept there are women who buy things and play golf too maybe we should actually uh have a few of them on well, our staff because uh that might actually you know be a nice sign well <laughs> if i'm sitting in taylor made hq I'm, and i'm looking at what's going on or what's happened over at callaway and i'd be i think i'd be slightly worried because I, you know, i'm sitting here well, invested in well hang on a second they've got rory they've got tiger they've got morikawa yeah they have uh who else they've got fleetwood the same fleetwood i uh, mean they've got a lot still got lots of money in those traditional um sure equipment deals and the, the if you notice more recently, the TaylorMade adverts there, there's this kind of Rory, Rory Morikawa star in this the advert where Morikawa can't understand Rory's accent, and, right? And he thinks that Rory's saying fantastic, or, and it's fantastic, and yeah, you know. So I mean, I'm sure I've not got that right, but the message, and I think this changes with what I've been hearing from that end of the thing that uh, or that end of the world is that the the distance thing is not a seller; it doesn't sell anymore. And the what people are looking for is is forgiveness, and the whole yeah. branding of this the new Callaway driver paradigm is a, more about forgiveness. And you know, the we're, we're no longer the equipment companies are no longer talking about distance. And I wonder again if that is a sign that they have essentially conceded bifurcations coming, and they're they're kind of embracing it. Well, and if you look at the proposed. Uh model local rule the the one related to the driver face it it does uh delineate between the professional driver that would have a little tighter sweet spot and a more forgiving one for the everyday person so it may be part of that positioning for them titleist of course is just yeah. doesn't agree with any yeah. of this but, yeah. <laughs> but taylor main calloway are probably wisely going yeah, how many? First of all, I mean, you can see it in the replies too on Twitter when they bring out these things. There's so much sarcasm now about, oh, is it longer and straighter? So they, <laughs> they also recognize that they just they, yeah. they milk that way too long. But yeah. I do think it's got to be an anticipation of these rule changes that are also going to allow them, in theory, you know, at least theory, to to innovate a little bit more for the average person, which is something, of course, we've all been saying forever. Let them let them make something that's that's whatever. Um, I guess the only thing I would argue with with you on that is Callaway. If they go all in on this influencer thing, you know, a brand, and I'm not a brand expert, but I do know that you you want to carve out some sophistication. And Callaway did that for a while, and I was I was one of the many people who you know had, had a podcast they sponsored, and 
and Harry Arnett, who was doing that uh, for them at the time, the the, the chief marketing marketing guy, uh, he was brilliant at kind of carving out uh, a reach in little uh, different markets, different you know some sophistication, some fun, uh, some seriousness, some light, and so we'll see. It looks that's the one thing I'm looking at with Cal. I'm like, uh, are you going all in on like uh, I mean to the point of the, you know just getting carried away with the uh, we're young people having fun thing. And TaylorMade has done that nicely, where they've got they've got sophistication. They're they're bringing women in. They're bringing young people in. Yeah, I have no idea why they want the barstool thing. Um, I guess that's to get to the um, the bad golfers. I I don't know, but uh, but they have a rationale. And well, I know think... that's the, they're after the toxic masculinity. Uh, oh, that too. Uh, right, yeah, right, right, right. The, the aggrieved male. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who likes to bet from his parents' basement? So yeah. the um, or is that, like that would be my the, only the... thing. But but I think it's really fascinating in terms of the distance conversation that we're seeing this happening with these companies and uh and i gotta think even some of the players i mean the are, are out there like guys i can't keep hawking that this thing is longer and straighter for your game and 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 and, and a lot of guys have got to be smarter that the, the game is not better chasing speed and and so i hope this is the beginning finally <laughs> we get this Get this certain skills back and certain certain things restored. So what? We'll, and we're we're any day now. I mean, I've got to think we're going to get something from the USGA and the RNA. I have no information, by the way. They've been very quiet. But I've just, you know, David Dusak, who's who's followed this closely in Golf Week, has reported expect February, um, maybe March at the latest. Are you talking just quick last word on this um, uh, player branding? <laughs> Nobody has branded themselves better than Max Homer. I mean, the whole thing is authentic. I mean, authenticity, and it really, you know, people. He is okay. It's a small niche, uh, but he's kind of beloved. I mean, if he can do, if he can win a major. My goodness, he's going to really explode into the mainstream market because he he has got this kind of this brand, which is based on authenticity and and not talking down to people. I mean, he he he's, yeah yeah. I mean, he's he's a smart guy and he doesn't mind you know showing it uh you know and if i if i'm rory or whoever every year or this new tailor drivers you know much better than last year's and you know that's people you know, i think you are right people just got fed up with it and i think uh you know authenticity I, rory to a certain extent is very very authentic and, and that's really worked for his brand so if i'm a if i'm a player agent um and i've got a young player that i would be pushing them t- towards that kind of model and keeping them away from these I mean, I guess the money's good, but you know, you got to go out there and gaslight people every January to sell some whatever. Yeah, did you know? Did you know that Homa went uh, and played some Monday Skins game at Papago and in Phoenix? How good is that? <laughs> the day after, yeah. Winning. And he won and so think, much for taking the day well, off. Well, the only thing is, point, he, uh, he won the he won five. the first prize. I mean, that's pretty, you, you got to throw it. I mean, if you're him, you got to finish third or something. Well, I don't want to go down a rat hole, but this is a this is a guy who played public golf. He grew up on a par yeah. three course that's been been poorly maintained my entire life, pretty much, out in Valencia. And um, you know, Colin Morikawa is a public course guy from yeah. Southern California. Sahith Thagala is yeah. a public course guy from Southern California. So, um, I there's there's, there's, there's something to yeah. that. There's uh, no, 
uh, Rory McIlroy grew up on a goat track. I mean, no offense to the yeah. good people of Ho- uh, Hollywood, uh, but it's uh, you know, lots of great players grew up on on pretty crappy golf courses. Uh, y- you know, you know whether that's in a design sense or in a, on a maintenance yeah. sense. So you, but you it's are nice right. Haven't forgotten their roots in a, in a way. All right, humbled them in a certain way, and um, yeah, it's fantastic. He's uh, he's definitely. It's going to be hard for him in L.A. because he's going to be such a favorite in, in the <laughs> fact that there's just been so few people who've played the course competitively, and he has this amazing 61 there, and um, so and he's an emotional. Uh, and, and I say emotional. He's a. Um, I don't mean that in a John Rom kind of way. He's a. Yeah. He's a, He's got a heart, and so he's going to feel pressure. It's going to be hard for him. He's going to have to figure out. Uh, it's not his style to do the don't talk to me all week. I'm going to, you know, hunker down in some condo on Wilshire and, and just go to the course. It's not his style. So it'll be a, a challenge for him to kind of maintain, you know, the, the screaming people in the crowd who are, who are locals who are rooting for him. And, uh, but he's got time to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. I guess you could, I, I mean, I don't know. You could ask some people. I mean, Rory has to put up with it every year when he gets to, gets to Augusta, you know, the anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that would be. Uh, and this year it may be more uh, extreme than it's ever been in a way because it's been so long. He's been he's had so many chances, and he's we know how well he's playing. And and yeah, he's. But I I feel like he he can handle it uh, better than he used to. So that'll that'll make that week. And he doesn't have to go to the champions dinner and deal with all the all the all the uh, passive aggressive tension that'll be in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who gets to sit next to Brooks? Oh, not me, oh, please. No, he's not at the Masters dinner. He's oh, not... sorry, I, talk, I thought you were talking about the US Open dinner, right? Sorry, I'm not. Yeah. Oh no, they don't oh, have yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, no. They well, they have one at Pebble Beach. They do it every like the RNA. They do it at Pebble Beach yeah, sorry, or St uh, Andrews. But okay. no, uh, no, it's Reed and Bubba and Phil. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Oh, that ben, could be, ben, uh, I don't. I think Ben Crenshaw does kind of does the seating. He does. They have sort of traditional spots they sit, but um, I'm that's one. Ooh, I still think the Live guys will be at a little kids table in the other room. I'm sticking. Hey, here's that. a here's a sleeper awkwardness: Immelman and Faldo. That could be uh, that could be interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Faldo and Tom Watson can sit together and oh, talk goodness. about things. Anyway, listen, just quickly wrap it up. We've kind of hit a time limit. Uh, there was just a really interesting piece in the New York Times Magazine on Sunday. If uh, you listen to this and you haven't read it, go and read it. It's about the name, image, likeness stuff that, and how it is you know, revolutionizing college golf. The one thing that was interesting to me, all the money, Jeff, all the money is going to the big college sports, basketball and football. And But the piece kind of focuses on the minor sports, and I would include golf in that. You know, what... what you know, if all the sponsors' money and all the booster money is flowing towards the biggest sports, what happens to these uh, quotes and quotes minor sports? The the piece focused on this uh, a woman who's uh, played field hockey at North Carolina, I think, and, uh, one of the best players in the history of the sport, and she's really struggling. And the coach there that are saying that we really f- fear for the future of our program, which has won a lot of national championships. And I just, you know, we've always thought, I've always thought that, oh, NLL will be great for college golfers, but perhaps not, as the money uh, departs uh, the smaller sports and heads into, um, heads to the football and, and, and basketball. I feel like golf is going to be a little bit different because you're going to have, um, I mean, the whole thing is corrupt, first of all. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, seeing Michael Thorbjornsson in, in Dubai just clad in tailor-made 
uh, logos everywhere, and 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 that's an amateur golfer or whatever. But it's weird, uh, and we'll we'll just never get past that. Those of us of a certain age, and uh, but I I feel like golf, you'll have companies doing these deals with players as sort of placeholders. I just wonder though, more in golf, what it will do to their long term thirst. If they get a big check at a certain age, I know I, you know, if I were in that position, I, 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 I could see it taking the edge off. Um, but in terms of college golf, I, you know, it's just such a weird one now. Anyway, with only four and a half scholarships on the men, six on the women, I, I, I feel like it will be able to withstand it more than than yeah, a lacrosse or field hockey, where there's not going to be that interest in what the people do at the next level. Um, but the entire thing is a Lawrence. It's it's, it's such a mess. A, it's a it's a complete mess. Ludwig Arberg, the big sports, it, little uh, it's just a mess. I see Ludwig, Ludwig Arberg, kid from Texas Tech was a uh, he was in Dubai last week. I thought he looked brilliant in his Adidas gear. I mean, he had Adidas slap, slapped onto every corner of his uh, of his body. But um, good luck to him, I guess. Um, and Thor Bjornsson played brilliantly. I think he was yeah, leading, yeah. leading after. It's funny he seems to play better in pro events than he does at college. I think he's only won once at college, which is remarkable for a yeah. guy of his talent. Anyway, uh, watch out for him. Uh, I guess that's really us, uh, Jeff. We kind of got to move on. We have a so you're gonna yeah, and you're gonna go down to Pebble Beach. So maybe we'll, we'll oh we'll, um... sorry yeah, I'm going down tomorrow. Uh, going around to see a couple of pals who are playing in the field. Uh, bit of a well, I better be careful here because he might listen to this. Uh, Quite a few surprising names made out of the field. <laughs> I, I Not we, surprising at all. It's a non-designated event. It's a pro-am. I mean, what does it say that guys would rather play Tory in January? It's cold. They know there's going to be high rough, uh, and they get a way better field than Pebble Beach. It just it just tells you the pros just could care less about the pro-am and the and the celebrity element and the 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 bonding and the uh, networking. It's just not. It's a different uh, time, and I, I'm not criticizing them because they're long days and the weather can be terrible, but uh, the, the romantic in me also is like, you know, this event was really oh, big yeah. in establishing the tour, and it's really great to have something different with famous. And, by the, and the thing that's weirdest of all, Lawrence, is the celebrity elements moved from from kind of a like country John Denver, uh, Phil Harris, you know, it's yeah. gone to athletes. Some of the greatest yeah, athletes in right. the world are playing in this yeah, thing. Gar- Gareth, the guys, well, I don't want to play. Gareth uh, Bale's there. Gareth uh, Bale's, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's several uh, NFL guys of note, and yeah, it's just. I do, it's does say fun. something about the strength of field when Justin Rose is the seventh favorite or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe yeah. making is this his first start? Oh no, he played the Sony. He played the Sony. Um, <laughs> Sony yeah. was his warm up for this. Yeah, I see the. Uh, yeah, again, with Spieth has to play because he's with AT and T. Yeah, I see there's some good players. Uh, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. I wonder why Matt Fitzpatrick's playing. So, so why? Not, well, he know. likes it up there. Uh, it's an odd he likes one. Pebble Beach. The uh, um, anyway, it's a. Uh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward. To it. I'm going down to watch. All that cold weather in Northwestern. He's very used to. Yeah, the, to yeah. The... Well, he was there for what six weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oops. Uh, the uh, I'm actually I've got, might as well say I'm going down to watch uh, f- follow uh, Greg Chalmers around uh, for his practice round at uh, NPCC. NPCC. Yep. Uh, and uh, I'm going to watch him putt for 18 holes. Me and my lad. Uh, it's going to be a real education. Uh, 
because he is, as we all know, the statistically yeah. the greatest putter in the history of the PGA Tour. Um, One of the greatest, yeah. No, that good. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, so he, he, you're going to watch him at Pebble? Okay. No, well, no, we're yeah. going to watch him at, uh, he's at Monterey Peninsula. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So, yeah, well, uh, let, let us know how the uh, the 14th hole in the dunes course looks because yeah. it, it was uh, the last time we saw it, there were guys scrambling to get their get their vehicles from being swept off to Hawaii. Actually, very quickly, I just I got an email in my inbox this week about changes at Poppy Hills. I wonder if if, if there's going to be a change in venue in this event, if it continues what, to take what, place. What are you talking about? Another renovation of Poppy Hills? Not, well, it's not a renovation. I mean, I think it's a few changes, of, you know, extra tees, and it just looked like they were kind of ramping it up uh, for something which uh, yeah. has, not, has not yet been revealed and anyway, we'll see no chance of it going back to Cyprus unfortunately um, no it's yeah. too short and uh, I still I still don't know how they're going to make it playable uh, for the the Walker Cup the way these guys hit it but we'll, yeah. we'll deal with that when that, that happens um, maybe maybe one of these model local rules will kick in by that 2025 Walker Cup yeah. but I'm not um I've always heard 2026 is likely the beginning, but uh, uh, good. Well, enjoy yeah. enjoy the peninsula. The weather is. I think there's a little chance of rain Friday or something. At least down. I think I saw that. But good. Enjoy it. Let us know what you see and get us a guest for next week. Okay. Right. Listen. We'll uh, crack on. Uh, friend of the pod this week is uh, Brian Coe, uh, the what's that, I think the author. Uh, well, the owner. I mean, he is. Yeah. He is Irish CEO. Gold. Yeah. CEO. Of Irish Golf Desk, which is, as I say to Brian when we chat to him, uh, is just one of the most, one of the best and most comprehensive public services going on in golf. It's he's been brilliant uh, covering the subject of Irish golf over the last 10, 15 years. So we catch up with Brian uh, uh, and all things Irish golf, and also a little bit of uh, T-Gate, which uh, he was the one who found the uh, the obscure video uh, that set the whole thing rolling. Anyway, uh, on to our friend of the pod, Brian Kill. So welcome to our Irish correspondent, Brian Kyo, of uh, famous uh, Irish golf desk on Twitter. Uh, Brian, how you doing, pal? I'm good, thanks, Lawrence. Uh, caused a bit of a fuss. Uh, caused a bit of a fuss last week. Did, you the one that found this uh, this uh, this video of the, the you set the you set the ball rolling, didn't you? T gate. I know, I know, I know, mea culpa. I really, you know, I have to put my hand in. I was actually, a couple of Spanish friends of mine run a website in Spain called Ten Golf. Fantastic website, really. Two great guys, David Duran and Alejandro Rodriguez. And I just happened to have a look at the website. And I went, wow, tension between McElroy and Ram. And, you know, my... Uh, Spanish uh, is is still reasonable, but uh, I don't know about my translation. But anyway, I got it as close as I possibly could, and it was all there, you know, uh, being ignored through the T uh, uh, in his direction, you know, with contempt. I think it now says, you know, on the websites, you know, so uh, it was all there, and it was a, a nice internet story for the Irish Independent, who I work for. So, uh, you know, it, it, I was really surprised though how it all kicked off. It was amazing. Um, but you know, I suppose the bottom line was you know, Rory McIlroy turned his back and ignored a guy on the driving range, which was uh, which was amazing enough. And uh, you know, Reed's reaction then and, and throwing the as it turned out the live brand at tea was uh, was was kind of funny as well. So, but it was uh, yeah, it certainly set up a great week and uh, great tournament in Dubai. It was really a pity they didn't get to play together. I was kind of hoping for a playoff in some ways, but uh, there you go. Yeah, fantastic it was. Uh, yeah, it seemed like Rory. I, I couldn't watch it live, but watching the finish live, I, you could tell he did not 
want to lose that tournament. Uh, he really is. And I don't I don't blame him, right, for, for, for loathing Reed. It's amazing how many people don't understand this concept <laughs> of Reed's lawyer suing the tour and then and and subpoenaing uh, the subpoena on Christmas Eve and not understanding the dynamics here. It's really rather simple, isn't it? <laughs> I know, absolutely. And I got those Larry Clayman emails. I mean, you get them as yeah. well, Jeff. And I, yeah. I remember getting that email around Christmas time and I was just sort of, you know, I was on holiday or whatever. I said, oh, I don't think the desk are going to be interested in this at the moment. It was so convoluted to explain. And it was only when I was, you know, writing that stuff that that first day when I looked into, you know, why why McElroy might have been so annoyed with them that I remembered the uh, the claimant thing, which he, you know, he brought up the next day, you know. So it was no surprise to me that he uh, about why he was annoyed. It wasn't just about Liv. It was about no, that, it had uh, nothing to do with Liv. Yeah. It was about that. It was about it was about that subpoena, you know. So because uh, he's always been pretty good to read, and he was good to him, you know, on Sunday as well about the whole, you know, the tree gate thing, you know, as well. Well, he just sort of he had no problem with the um, with the drop, you know, which was interesting. You know, uh, always feels he gets a bit of a, a bad rap, Patrick Reed, you know, because of his reputation obviously precedes him, you know. So but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was just fascinating just to see Rory trying to look so calm all during that final round. He really did keep it together um, when Reed was throwing all those birdies and eagles at him and he was kind of going along, plodding along, making pars. It was uh, it was remarkable. It was a you know a new side. I've never seen him look uh, look as calm, cool, and collected as that uh, before. It was um, it was a big one for him. Speaking of drops, you didn't see the Rory drop. I've seen a bit of chatter on Twitter. You didn't see yeah. that that Rory drop in thirteen. Was it day one? Was it the first round? Yeah, I saw. I, I saw where the, the replays of where the ball went in, and then I saw if you're looking at the tracker. I think that's the problem some people have. If you're looking at the tracker, it looks like, what's he doing my drop in there in the middle of the fairway? But I saw a photograph of the uh, the drop. Um, I think it was on Tour Miss might have had the um, the photograph. And it looks like he's, you know, he's a couple of club lengths from the edge of the water hazard, you know, so pretty close to where they thought it went in. So I don't see the issue there at all. None of the playing partners seem to have an issue either. So I think I think some people are going on that, um, you know, the, the shot tracker on the uh, European Tour website. It looks like he sort of dropped it 25 yards into the middle of the fairway. I don't think that's uh, that was ac- I don't think that was accurate. I think the photograph shows he was, uh, you know, he was dropping from uh, from the edge of the uh, the penalty area, as they call it. You've known McElroy for years since he was a kid. I mean, you followed him, yeah. tra- tracked his progress. I mean, he essentially left school at the age of 14. Can you believe he has transformed himself into this, I mean, just incredibly uh, important figure in the game, incredibly articulate? It's, uh, It's just astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's funny, and I remember you talking to Ian last week, and when McElroy met him for the first time, he said, oh, you're Ian, aren't you? Yeah, I know you from the BBC, and I remember one meeting him at the East of Ireland Championship in Beltray, and he was around that age, about 14, and he knew he knew who it was, and I think I might have started doing some internet stuff around then, and kids of that age would, would always follow all the uh, the Irish amateur golf news, but he was uh, he was always just incredibly precocious, and I remember being at the Dubai Jazz Desert Classic with him when he went out there as an amateur, and Harry Diamond was with him, and I remember, you know, he missed the cut, and the two of them running off like kids, like the kids they were, I mean, Rory would have been, well, I suppose, 16, and Harry probably 18, maybe, running off to see Ernie Els and to see Tiger play, and um, I remember having, a, I think, having a coffee with them somewhere, uh, during the week, myself and another colleague of mine, Carl McGinty, and I just remember how mature he was and how well he spoke. And it wasn't like a sixteen-year-old kid; it was like sitting there with a, you know, a twenty-five-year-old veteran. You know, he's always had that uh, 
self-confidence and that belief in himself and uh yeah he's just uh he's always been special i mean those amateur tournaments that he won you know the west of ireland championship youngest ever winner the irish close youngest ever winner 15 there were there were i wouldn't say thousands but there were certainly eight nine hundred people following those events which now nowadays if you saw an eight nine hundred people for the entire week you'd be doing well so you know, I saw people there that I'd I'd never seen on a golf course before. I saw my godfather there one year, and I'd never seen him at a godfather in my life. And this is in Sligo, which is uh, the opposite side of the country. So I just had to come down and see this kid, you know. So that's that's how special he was. So we all knew he was going to be special, and you know, Joby Chandler spotted it straight as way as well, and uh, you know, the rest is history. It's uh, but it's been remarkable, yeah, the last few years especially, just the way he's uh, you know taken the game on his shoulders and taken up that mantle that. The Tiger has left, you know, um, is has been special, and uh, I think it's helped his golf as well. And obviously, the whole Brad Faxon, Bob Rotella, and trifecta with three of them there—that's that's that's been huge for him as well. This the putting over the last eighteen months has just been uh, just been phenomenal, you know. So he's uh, you know he's a wonderful uh, he's a wonderful ambassador for Irish golf, no doubt about it, and and for world golf. And uh, you know, it's great to see. Um, obviously, we'd all like to see him win the Masters, so. Be interesting to see if he can get that iron play, you know, dialed in. I think that's that's really the key, you know, more so than the putting or or the driving. Just having been at the Masters a few times, I remember talking to to Bernard Langer, and he just he was he, it's iron play really that's going to be the key there. What about the rest of Irish golf? What are you watching? What's uh, what's of note? Uh, Shane Lowry, Padraig Harrington on the Ryder Cup team. What, what what's at the top of your list, Brian? Well, we've got obviously we've got a Ryder Cup coming up here, Dan, in Adair Manor in 2027. That's going to be big. You know, Leona Maguire is huge news now. I mean, everybody, you know, they love Leona Maguire here. You know, she's just a phenomenal talent. She's obviously world amateur number one for, you know, a rake a week, you know, more longer than Lydia Ko. Uh, and, you know, she won last year. So that's, you know, that's everybody's watching her closely to see, uh, you know, if she can, um, you know, maybe knock off a major, you know, certainly win another LPGA event and obviously. Solheim Cup coming up. Obviously, Lowry, just McElroy is off the charts here, and and Lowry is just so hugely popular. I mean, obviously, yesterday, you know, there've been whispers coming out of the Middle East about about himself and his caddy Bo Martin, and they they parted company. I got that confirmed by his management company. Yeah, you know, last night that they they'd been talking together, so saying we've kind of lost the spark a little bit. We've lost a little bit of the the juice, whatever it was, it wasn't there from in the. In the Hero Cup, and I wasn't there from in the in Abu Dhabi final group and a poor round and missed the cut in Dubai, and uh, they've decided to part ways. So that that's a big talking point. So you know, and then the amateur game is you know st- still big here. You know, there's there's still a lot of interest in the championships, and we're producing a lot of good golfers. And um, you know, we're all looking forward to the start of the amateur season as well. You know, which is uh, Easter week always. So so that so that'll be good. So yeah, a lot of good good young players. A couple of things. Uh, one on the it's literally not as nice as as his public image would suggest. Shane Lowry's a lovely guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But he's got a you know, like all these guys. I mean, you know, they kill their granny. You know, to to um you know to win a golf tournament to get an edge, and they don't like losing. They don't like missing cuts. You know, like you know, like uh, all pro golfers. You know, when there's a sacking, it usually comes after a a, a cut. So not a, you could describe this as a sacking, a parting of the ways, shall we say? Um, but um. No, Shane would be very hard on himself, and he could be hard. He was hard on the, you know, on the caddy last year during the Masters. We all, if you had your volume turned up in your TV on the 13th hole, you know, you could hear him um, giving Bo 
um, a, a little bit of stick over over a layup on the thirteenth, you know. But uh, you know these things happen in in the heat of battle. But no, he's generally he, he's a, he is very 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 nice a uh, nice guy. But uh, he's got that competitive edge. They all do, you know. Um, Padraig has had it as well, you know. He, he fired Dave McNeely as well. It can be they can be hard, and they're not afraid to uh, make these decisions sometimes. And you know. Maybe it'll uh, work out nicely for Shane. I wouldn't be uh, surprised to do him, see him do quite well in the Masters, to be honest, with that iron play. Uh, the other, let's just speak on the subject of caddies. Uh, can we have a? Can we pause and and give a bit of praise to Harry Diamond, or are we still still ragging on Harry? He's been a crap caddy, and he's only there because he's Rory's mate. I mean, that was pretty yeah. good stuff on Sunday, wasn't it? Or on Monday, rather. Uh, yeah. Well, I assume. I mean, I, I don't know. I. I, I I was too busy tapping away for instant internet stuff to, to pay much attention to what Harry was saying to him on the on the 18th. But I think the lie made up, you know, Rory's mind pretty much, didn't it, about about the layup there. But, you know, I mean, Harry Diamond was a super golfer. I mean, he won the West of Ireland Championship. He was a top amateur. He was an international. And uh, he's just the perfect caddy for Rory, isn't he? He doesn't need, you know, he doesn't need a Bones type guy, does he, you know, working everything out to the last two yards he, he just he knows him so well i mean he's like a brother really uh, i think he knows you know when to press rory's buttons and when to sort of say listen here pal just just hold on a second let's just think about this for a minute and he's getting better at at listening i think they've got a great relationship and uh i don't think there's a, a better caddy out there for rory really he's always going to be you know the way he is and uh, and go for stuff occasionally when perhaps he shouldn't but uh i think you know it pays off for more more often than not so um you know, i think i think harry diamond was it was a genius move on, on Rory's part. Leona McGuire, you mentioned, is she playing in the Saudi event this week? Yeah, or, I saw that. In a couple of weeks. The, the yeah. men are this week. The women are the week of the Genesis, uh, I believe, February. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I see that she's she's down for that. Yeah, the women certainly get a lot of an e- a lot easier time, don't they, about uh, about Saudi Arabia than than the men? But yeah, she's she's down for that, I believe. Is that your sense over there that people are uh, less are more tolerant of of their taking that money than the men? I think so. Yeah, I, I, it's been the way, hasn't it? I mean, there's been very little flack aimed at at the women for for heading out to that Aramco series. I mean, she did play in the Aramco New York, I think, yeah. at the end of last at the end of last year. So yeah, um, I don't know if there are contractual reasons for that or whatnot. But um, yeah, those girls they they chase they chase all the dollars, don't they? Are you dodged by Padraig Harrington question? Oh, yeah. Is he a legitimate Ryder Cup uh, pick candidate after that start? It's funny. I was talking to him, you know, before Christmas. He had a good chat, and uh, I'd actually never mentioned that. I was more talking to him about the majors. I think he's going to give it a rattle in one of the majors before he's done. And you can see, you know, you see Tom Watson at 59 or whatever in term. You can certainly see Padraig Harrington, as we saw in the uh, the PGA that Phil uh, won, um, giving it another go. I don't know. I mean... I think he's he's tempted to play a lot more regular tour events if he thinks that he can he can win one. He'd like to be the oldest the oldest winner. I think Phil holds the record, doesn't he? So I th- I think he'd like to that he's playing in um, uh, Ras Al Khaimah I think this week and he's in three of the four majors as well. So he'll get as many invitations as he wants mm-hmm. as well on the uh, on on the tour. And obviously he's going to have to get a pick, isn't he? I mean, um, so you know with all that you know, those young guns out there. Uh, I find it hard. It's the putting, isn't it? I mean, this is the thing yeah. with Bordrick. I mean, it's it's going to come down to the putting, and you know, I don't know if that's yeah. going to stand up to it in the heat of battle in in a Ryder Cup. Who knows? But uh, over seventy two holes in a major, you certainly you can see him hanging in there anyway. 
and uh, you know maybe doing a little bit of damage. But um, I'm not so sure. Certainly, uh, I can I can see him I can see him uh, contending for a for a main tour event and and possibly in a major even this year. He may be in your neck of the woods, Jeff. Um, that might be a kind of course that that might suit his game. Yeah, yeah. US no, Open. I mean, the greens aren't uh, extremely contoured. They'll be quick, of course, but they're not. They're not. A, they don't require some amazing amount of creativity. I, I think his game's more relevant right now than Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and Sergio Garcia. So uh, when you look at it that way, in terms of veterans, and none of those guys are going to be on the team. So well, I see, uh, I if they're looking for a veteran, I, I think he's a, he'll be if he keeps this up. Of course, uh, yeah, long way to go, but. Absolutely, in four balls, you know, Brody yeah. or Roderick Harrington putting the arm around uh, uh, whatever, uh, one of the, the hoe guards or something like that and let him, let him yeah. off it 380 yards. Uh, yeah, why not? Fun. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how it all shakes out because obviously, you know, the world points list, you're going to have, you know, uh, Rory, Ram, and you can take your pick between Fitzpatrick and and uh, Hovland maybe and people like that, you know, so that's good for all for those six picks absolutely and he loved on all the stats i don't know it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see it i haven't had a chance to ask him about it yet i'm sure he'll be asked about it this week uh, if he goes anyway well um but uh yeah i would say rory or rory um uh, Pordy would uh would love another go uh, at the Ryder cup um how's he on with donald is, is he are they quite good are they, are they pally i think donald hasn't fallen out with anybody over the years has he no, no. Well, I think didn't wasn't it um, Podrick that got the pick when Donald got got snubbed a couple of years? Was that uh, Monty? Was it in uh, uh, Celtic Manor? Oh, uh, uh, I can't. They were at the, They were all playing in this. They were all playing in the same tournament in the states. I think none of them went to the oh, European event. And... I was put. No, it was, <laughs> <laughs> that was Paul Casey. Remember that one? That was. Yeah. Oh, was it Casey yeah. and the wife? You know, yeah. I think they they all got the text at the same time. The wives were like falling around. <laughs> Oh, you're in. Not in. You're not yeah. in. That's right. Uh, the uh, here, just to wrap up, Brian. Just to... oh, it was McGinley. It was McGinley who didn't pick Donald. That was who it was. Oh, yeah. was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Oh well. Oh, that's right. That's right. Now, okay, just... so he won't be a vice captain this year. <laughs> no, Paul won't be a vice captain. No, but he was. He was an advisor out there at the old Hero Cup. The Hero Cup was great. The Hero Cup was good. Well, I will think we'll have three Irishmen on that team. I think, you know, Rory and that uh, and Shane will be there. And, you know, I think Seamus Power is still going to do a bit more damage this year. Yeah. I honestly think I, I find it hard to see how he's not going to be on the team playing in the events he's playing. His schedule is so strong. I mean, he's in everything. Uh, yeah. Just if he just plays the way he's played last year, I think he'll scoot in. He's probably the most uh, underrated player of last year that, that not enough people talk about. So I think that's a great call. Yeah, absolutely. He did get a hard time for the Butterfield win because of the field, but uh, you know, he just he, he played great in all the majors. He played well. Yeah. He missed the, the Open, but he was, yeah, I think he was. I think he had a top ten and maybe a couple of top 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 twenties. You know, so pretty good. As a Scott, and actually, even if you're an English sort of golf fan, can you explain why Ireland has produced so many top top players? In the last, you know, 10, 15 years. I mean, is this something to do with the Irish golf amateur structure? Or, or I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to be and kind of frustrating being Scottish. Because we, I mean, we've produced a fair, fair share of good players, but not, not at the kind of level that Ireland's been producing. Well, we've produced a couple of world beaters. I mean, you know, yeah. how, long does, how often does a Rory McIlroy come along? I mean, and, and to have a Shane Larry at the same time was is just unbelievable. But I mean, you know, if you look, we're, we're you know, 
got a couple of guys through Q School last year, you know, in uh, John Murphy and Gary Hurley, who was Gary Hurley was nowhere. He was on that Walker Cup team back in 2015. But the other guys that are on that team, yeah, they're really struggling. I mean, Gavin Moynihan, I don't think he has any, any status on the Challenge Tour. Paul Dunn's not even getting into the Challenge Tour event this week. You know, uh, Jack Hume isn't playing golf anymore. You know, so, you know, there's we've been waiting to have a sort of another wave of guys on the European Tour. I mean, the days of, you know, when, you know, you'd have 14 or 15 guys out there, you know, with your Des Smiths and your Darcy's and, and a whole load of, you know, the McGrains and the Lorries and the Gary Murphys and all those guys. I mean... Those days, those days are gone. I mean, it's such a world tour now. It's such an international tour that just to have, you know, a couple of decent uh, European tour players is is a bit of an achievement. Scotland's producing them now again, Lawrence. You know, I think yeah, there's, there's, a new, there's a new wave of them coming. And uh, the, the Golf Ireland system, you know, it gets a lot of a lot of criticisms from some people who think they should be playing more, you know, more stroke play and and all that kind of stuff. But the the guys that have gone to college in America, especially, you, know, you can see it with them. You know, there's uh, there's they definitely come back uh, at a different level. Mark Power isn't playing for Wake Forest this week. I, I noticed. I, I wonder what's yeah. going on there. Um, yeah, he's uh, had a bit of a fall off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see uh, down in Australia. Uh, is it Rob Moran? He looked a pretty, he looked a really good player actually. Uh, we're standing. Rob, on... absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he's a, a relative of. Uh, remember Kevin Moran? He used to play for Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of his one of his uncles. One of his uncles. There you go. Uh, so probably. plenty of uh, plenty of grit, plenty of grit there. Absolutely, yeah. Gaelic football for Dublin and centre half for Man United. What's, what's not to like? Uh, anyway, here, Brian. It's uh, before you go. Just want to say, coverage of the last your coverage of Irish golf over the years has just been astonishing. You're kind of almost <laughs> sort of like damning with free praise, but the stamina, you know, and how comprehensive it is. You go out to all the events uh, and you stream them on Twitter or whatever. So it's been really, really brilliant. Uh, congratulations. And I hope you're enjoying the gig at the, at the end. Oh, that's, a, that's a great golf gig with a, with a great tradition. Yeah, look, I mean, the website thing. I mean, I don't spend, sit up until two o'clock in the morning putting up every single thing that moves these days. <laughs> Just getting too long in the tooth for all that. But I love Substack, uh, I, Substack. I love- Substack, yeah, well, this is it. Maybe get a few bob for it, um, uh, you know, Jeff, because uh, the old quadrilateral is, you know, it's fantastic. It really is great. I love getting it. Oh, enough uh, of that. Enough you know, that. and, you know, ah, but, you know, it is. Um, but no, I think I just, I just, uh, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I get a, more, of a, more of a kick out of, you know, going to a, the West of Ireland Championship or the South of Ireland Championship or the East or any of the, any of our big amateur events of the women's close. I, I enjoy those just as much as I do going to any of the, the majors, the pro events, you know, you have people there that, like talking to you and you can get close to the action it's great golf being played so you know i love it and um yeah no it's 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 been great fun but uh you know as with the quadrilateral jeff i mean i just think the majors you know with the reeds and and the shambos and all these guys we're going to see them in majors it's, it's it's a great time for the majors it was a great idea of yours to to go that way well it's just i still think there's just so much golf that uh the oversaturation is an issue but yeah the majors are now going to be the meeting place or the occasional uh, european tour stop where we get the little man spats and things but uh it, it it's it's a fractured game and i think it's going to be that way for a few years at least so yeah that's a bummer but um i'm fine with it <laughs> yeah people people love to see the baddies and golf needs a little bit of a, a little bit does. of a boost i mean you know, speaking to my sports test today they they love live they, it's just the gift that keeps on giving they love it 
Anyway, we'll leave it at that, Brian. Uh, what, I can't believe you're coming on here and praising Liv. That's just, you know, that's, you're not, that's not the party line. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's, great for, it's, it's great for the newspaper business. Anyway, all the best, mate. Take care. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Man.